0: Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at Ten. Well, hello. We've altered the clocks. British summertime is here. Spring is allegedly on the way. I look out the window and there's a severe hailstorm going on out there. Perhaps it's a sign that there is in regulations on lockdown, and we can go out and have a walk more readily. We can go and do things more. Yeah. Tell the weather that. I noticed on the news this morning they were saying that areas around places like the Cat and Fiddle were under snow this morning. Sounds about right, really. But with the promise of better things to come, I've. Spent some time at the caravan over the last few days. Sorted out that minor bump and a bit of damage that was in the side of it. I think the people who've got the van next to us in the storage might possibly have nudged it with their van as they were putting it into store. I'm not saying as they did, I'm not saying as even know they'd done it, it was only a minor little nudge, but... uh, walking up to it to go in the door you could see where the skirt rail had moved slightly and sprung the screws out of it but i've repacked it reset it once i get it home i can put some more sealant behind it and screw it up tight and finish the job off my son-in-law turned up yesterday he's got the new tires for me we can sort those out and put on he knows how to put tires on he'll fit them for me and then we're ready for the road just got to do the usual stuff sterilize the water system clean the water system out check everything's working check the gas check the cooker the fridge test everything out make sure everything's working okay i've greased all the tow bar and all the towing equipment should be good looking forward to getting out and about I don't mind being at home but I've also missed the opportunity to go out and do the things we enjoy talking of getting the the caravan ready I was watching a programme on the telly the other day Canal Boat Diaries and he was doing some jobs on his 12 volt electrics on his narrowboat And saying he could could cope just with that sort of thing. I turned to Elaine and I said, He hasn't fitted a radio in anything. And she had to laugh. Some years ago, she had a, a Rover car, and I bought her a new radio CD player for it. It worked a treat, it was a great little radio but about 18 months later she got rid of the car but we said "Oh, we'll, we'll keep the radio we might might find a use for that in your next car it's a good radio so we kept it and it sat in the garage for quite a while then when we got the caravan after a couple of trips I said we can fit that radio in here so I made a little box for it and fitted it inside one of the overhead lockers fitted it all in worked a treat really pleased then in the middle of the night one night the radio came on right I don't know what's causing that I've turned it off at the radio Something must have triggered it somewhere in the workings of the caravan. So I put an isolating switch in it. Which broke the wiring before it got as far as the radio. Then you switch it on and then the radio's connected to the electrics. Switch the isolator off, it isn't. Also I thought. A couple of years later we bought a television to use in the caravan, works off 12 volt or it works off 240 volts, so I fitted it all in and put it all together, wired it all up, worked fine 240 volts no problem. I thought, well, we won't watch it much on 12 volts because it'll run the battery down and uh, we'll then have to find somewhere either to charge the battery or do something else. But I thought, I'll just try it on 12 volts, just out of curiosity. Plugged it in, switched it on to 12 volts and the radio came on. Now if the guy on Canal Boat Diaries thought he was having complications just wiring up to his battery as I said to Elaine he hasn't pitted a car radio in that, has he? Because I still don't know what causes that to happen with the car radio. But we cope with it make sure the isolation switch is on do all the rest of it but while I was watching television, I caught a couple of adverts. And anybody that listens to me regularly knows I'm quite pedantic about different spellings and use of words. And one of them there was advertising a holiday park. And the catchphrase at the end of the advert was There ain't no park like whatever this park was. And I sat there, ain't no park like. If they understood English grammar, they'd know that that means that there are parks like that, because it's a double negative. There is no park like that one, yes. Or there isn't a park like that one, yes. But you can't have both. You can't have ain't no park. Because that means there is parks like that. Similarly, I, I forget what the advert was for now, but they were talking about something being a, oh yes, and it can be of curbside use. Curbside use. And they'd spelt it C-U-R-B. Curbside. Well, curb C U R B is things like curb your enthusiasm reduce your enthusiasm curbside as in the road is K-E-R-B I suppose the problem is that people write these things out using a laptop or some other PC or whatever they use and because the word exists the spell checker allows it it doesn't check the grammar And the word that they want to use, it just says, yes, C-U-R-B is correct. We can have that. Not realising that they've used the wrong word for curb. This happens with, if you want to put there, T-H-E-R-E or T-H-E-I-R. And it makes a vast difference in the meaning when you write these things. But the spell checker lets it go. Anyway, I digressed and got on to the television. It'll be great to get out and about and get round the countryside again. Get to the places we want to visit, see the things we want to see. We're in organisations like National Trust, English Heritage, Historic Houses, because I believe in preserving those sort of things. I believe in our history and our heritage. Okay, some of it may have been founded on procedures that we now think are not suitable, unethical, and question their relevance. But history is history, you can't change it. Just because these places were founded on what is now regarded as something inappropriate, we can't change the facts as that that's where it came from. If we hadn't have had those sort of trades that brought that sort of money in, these places wouldn't exist. The world would be totally different. Anyway, we go out, we see places, we see towns, we see countryside, and we enjoy it. Now, I'm not one for celebrity. I don't go to a place because such and such a thing was filmed there. But while we're out and about, over the years, going back to my youth, I have bumped into different people. I have met various famous people. But I've not gone out of my way to chase after them or whatever. I think the only time I did anything like that was in my early teens where I always had an autograph book with me. I didn't seek people out, but when we were on holiday... I used to enjoy walking the seafront or walking along the piers. And they, they both arrived separately within about 10 minutes of each other. But one of the people I did meet when they were still doing summer seasons was Eric Morecambe and Ernie Wise. Eric Morecambe arrived first and was walking up the pier. I went spoke to him, asked for his autograph. Another lady ran up with a camera and says, do you mind if I, take a, if I have a photograph, Mr. Morecambe? He immediately snatched the camera off her and turned around and says, yes, certainly, madam, where would you like to stand? Ernie Wise came a little later and I did the same and got his autograph. Many years later, I was in Blackpool. I used to go up every year for the illumination, spend four or five days up there and enjoying myself up there it was a bit drizzly I mean we had to work in October and it was a bit cold a bit drizzly a bit wet weather and I went into Abingdon Street Indoor Market walking from stall to stall I was stood looking at the things for sale on one stall and something nudged into the back of my legs and rubbed across my leg I looked down and there was this enormous St Bernard dog and I sort of followed the lead up to look at its owner and pass the time of day and chat about this dog rubbing against my leg and there was the comedian Bernie Winters stood holding it to those of you that were old enough to remember him as part of the Mike and Bernie Winters comedy duo and later when he was a solo performer he had this dog called Snorbits and there in Abingdon Street Market was Snorbits rubbing up against my thigh but these are instances where I just bump into people other places I've been to like Stonehenge Jamaica Inn Have featured in novels and books. Jamaica Inn especially I went to a couple of years ago. Interesting. little museum at the back of the pub that's uh, dedicated to Daphne du Maurier, the author of the book about Jamaica Inn, about smuggling. And within the museum, after you've gone through the rooms dedicated to Daphne du Maurier, are rooms to do with smuggling. How they use different things to make holes and recesses into, smuggle in different items, how they disguise different things to get them through. Very interesting. But I've been to places as well like Castle Howard. Yet again, those of you that have been around long enough will know it was the setting for a film of Brideshead Revisited and one or two other things that have been broadcast from there. We went to Brodsworth Hall in Yorkshire. I didn't realise till we got there that that was where a a programme called The Village, a series on television, was filmed. Now it's, it's interesting to see these things and see what it's about but I don't go there Craving to see them. Many, many years ago, I was reading about Cornwall and thinking I'd like to go there one day. And up until about five years ago, I'd never been. I'd been down into Devon a couple of three times and I'd driven into Cornwall just to to say, oh, I've been into Cornwall, I've been to Cornwall, but we didn't go to anywhere fancy or anything but about i think it was five years ago i had the chance to go down and spend some time there i've been again since then but one of the places i always wanted to go to was port isaac now between reading about it and deciding i wanted to go and have a look at this little fishing village on the north coast of cornwall it started to be used for filming Doc Martin. So the first time we were down there, Elaine and myself said, Oh, we'll we'll go to Port Isaac. We'd got the caravan a little site, only about three miles away, so it was easy to get there. But we got there and it was it was busy, very, very busy. Car park at the top of the hill was getting fairly full and we had to walk down into the village itself but there was room on the car park and it wasn't too bad until we got down into the village. What we didn't know was that they were actually filming some of Doc Martin that day. So what started out as a, a tour around the village to have a look at it I mean I wasn't bothered, we, there were people queuing up to have the photos taken outside Doc Martin's surgery and the chemist's shop. They got the cameras and everything set up on the, uh, the harbour filming a scene. And we were being shepherded from place to place so you can't walk down there with filming, you can't do this, Would we'll you just stand there for a while while we film this bit. Now I'm a little bit short tempered with things like that. You know, there was this woman standing there saying, will you stand there, will you wait there, will you do this? I just said, well, please would be nice. But then a big car came down the hill and two people got out and all the people that were standing around us surged towards this car and I thought, oh, what the heck's going on now? But out stepped Martin Clunes and Selena Cadell, who plays Mrs Tishall. Now obviously these people wanted to get as close as possible to these stars of the show. And they'd pulled up outside what is the chemist's shop, during the programme. And people were clustering forward, cameras and phones and everything at the ready. And I'll give Martin Clunes his due, he played a blinder. He turned and he pointed to Selina Cadell and he says, ''Ladies and gentlemen, meet Mrs Tishel.'' And everybody turned to look at her. And as they did so, we shot round the back of the car into the chemist's shop out of the way where nobody could get to him. I thought that was genius. I took my hat off to the man. But that was the trend of, of being there that day in particular. I wasn't interested that, oh, that's the schoolroom, or, oh, that's so-and-so. Once I got there and saw it, I thought, oh, yeah, that's what it is. But I didn't go looking, searching it out. We had some lunch in a building, and it was a, a restaurant, cafe-cum-restaurant, that uh, was a very pleasant place. But it's the school during the programme. It is an old school, but it is this cafe restaurant now. And during that, the normal time, that's what it is. But they obviously move the furniture around and turn it into the village school. Where Doc Martin's wife teaches. Yes, it was interesting, but I went just to see a Cornish village by coincidence while we were out another day while we were down there we came across a place called Charlestown I hadn't intended to go there we'd been to I forget which we'd been to now I think it was the Lost Gardens of Heligan and we came out of there and we got time in the day before the sun went down and there was quite a bit of the late afternoon we looked at the map and wondered where we'd go and we says, oh there's a little place not far away Charlestown, let's go and have a look at that. Well we parked up and we could see sailing ships in the harbour. We walked down and they were all vintage sailing ships in the harbour. Smashing little old fashioned place. Then we started reading the different notice boards. The Aeneidian line was filmed there. Part of Poldark had been filmed there. And the different ships were moored up. Interesting. Probably all the more interesting because I didn't realise that's what was there. And that I think is the secret. Called serendipity. Coming across things unexpectedly that you find of interest. And I'm a big believer in that. Very rarely do I say, oh, that was in such and such a film, or that was on this, or that was that. I'll go down and I'll look at these things and then find out what they've been used for afterwards. Which pleases me. As I was saying at the beginning, I'm looking forward to getting out and about again do the things we like. I'm booked in on Saturday morning for some refresher course and training on the Chesterfield Canal we're getting the boat out again. That I will start to enjoy again let's get some trips in let's get some people out on the water and entertain them show them what we love about the canals looking forward to that greatly I did have a narrow boat for a, a week's holiday in late October. It was nasty weather though, it was, it was hard work. Previous times we've had the boat in sunnier parts of the year and we've been able to sit on the deck and enjoy the sunshine at the end of a day's cruising or during a day's cruising when we get the chance. The last time it was wet, muddy and fairly hard work. We did have a couple of days that weren't too bad where we enjoyed ourselves greatly but uh, a lot of the rest of the time it was a case of uh, heads down and get on with it and then enjoy the evening when we moored up for the night. Yeah, looking forward to getting out and about. But, and this is a big but, we may wait a little while for people to get used to the idea of freedom. We had the chance to go down to Cornwall last year. We'd got it all booked before lockdown came in. The end of August, early September, we got it booked for, then lockdown came in. But it was eased and we could still get down to Cornwall. We were allowed to do it, so we went. And as we tried to go from place to place, apparently so did about four million others. The whole place went crazy. We'd been to Cornwall before and we got around quite readily. One or two hot spots, but you expect that. But all the little bays, all the little villages, all the places that we enjoyed, we could get to quite readily. Port Quinn, Boss Castle, not a problem. But last August was dire. There was cars and people everywhere. We tried to get to one of the places, might even have been Padstow, I think, where there was a sign on the main road where the turn-off to Padstow was, saying, don't come into the village or don't come into the town after half past nine in the morning because you won't park. And this was at the side of another big car park about a mile outside the town and by 10 o'clock that was absolutely rammed as well so we went off into the countryside and we learnt that if we didn't set out till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon other people were going home and there was room to get into these places but yes you see the horror stories Where there's lines and lines of cars each side of the road trying to get to different places so we'll give it a little while for the novelty to wear off once people can get on a plane and go abroad a lot of the pressure will ease people will be going abroad they won't be trying to holiday or do things in this country they'll be off away like they have done in previous years and we found space to get out and enjoy ourselves we'll get back to normal there's no doubt about that and I've got my van ready to do it just as soon as I've got these fresh tyres on it's ready for the off a bit of a clean and a bit of a check over That's where I came in with today's tales. Talk to you again soon. Take care now. Bye for now.